All right, joining me now is Ashley Bratcher, actress, as you know her, from uh, starring in Unplanned, where she played Abby Johnson. And of course, we all know the true story of Abby Johnson, the former Planned Parenthood director. And Ashley, it's been, uh, I guess, pretty much a whirlwind since uh, since you landed that role. Has it not? Oh, yeah. It has become <laughs> much more than a role. I've been traveling the world. It's really become ministry, but it's been the most incredible acting job I've ever had in my life. Were you? I was checking your Wikipedia, by the way. This is what all super professional journalists okay. do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, which, by the way, it doesn't list your age. So, however, you're concealing that from them. I mean, you're obviously still young. So, you know, I'm sure at some point down the line, you'll be glad if they don't, you know, hey, Ashley Bratcher, we don't know what her age is. She's just, she just keeps on ticking. So, I don't know what you did there, but keep doing it. Um, but you're listed as an actress and an anti abortion activist, which. I, I found just such a friendly description of someone, you know, interesting way to describe someone who uh, has launched a scholarship for pregnant women. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just found that interesting. Um, but uh, but you. but what do you um, before we talk about the scholarship, I just wanted a quick touch on the pro-life aspect, obviously, of this film, strong pro-life film. You've been outspoken since then. I know on Faithwire, we've covered a few stories. You've been pretty... I mean, you haven't been quiet about, you know, interacting with uh, Alyssa Milano and uh, speaking on uh, various things that pop up. So has this always been a passion issue for you or is this something that sort of uh, got, you know, increased because of the role you had to play? No, honestly, it was never really something I thought about until I landed the role. And it was because of my own testimony and something that happened with my mother uh, about four days after I started started in pre-production I had already accepted the role and then my mom called and we started having a conversation about the movie and she told me she had to tell me something she'd never told me before and it was the fact that uh, she had gotten off of an abortion table and decided to have me and I never knew that so how did that not to interrupt there but I wanted to just pause right there how how Mm -hmm. did what what was your gut reaction to that to that news I don't really know how to describe it other than shock. I I was not mad or angry. Um, I wasn't sad, I guess. It's kind of like if you could imagine having a near-death experience Mm. where your entire life flashes before you. Because in that moment, I just thought about, oh, gosh, I'm going to cry now. Um, I just thought about everything that I had had the chance to do here on Earth and where I was right then, you know, telling this amazing pro-life story. And never knowing that I almost never had the opportunity to. I thought about all my relationships, my husband, my son, and literally everything in my life just flashed before my eyes because I was almost minutes from never having the opportunity to live my life. And I think once that happened, I mean, I had already been really, really inspired by Abby's true story. I mean, I was on board after that because of what Abby saw. It really did change things for me, too, because I didn't know what what happened during an abortion mm. procedure but to have that personal element to know that my gosh I, I almost never lived that really really hit it home for me uh and from that point on it just was it was a very personal and passionate thing and it still is but yeah wow no that's <laughs> a lot of 
love emotions right now. See, see, now I'm glad we're just on the podcast side of things because it's like we're all chopping onions in here. I'll br I'll blame it on these extra hot chili lime Pringles that I've got here sitting next to me. Um, but wow, that's 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 powerful stuff. Um, since this came out, obviously this is you know abortion is sort of the third rail issue of politics, or at least it has been, you know, up until now, and um, it's just so divided in our country. And I know in Hollywood. Obviously, we see a lot of the top sort of, you know, A-list type Hollywood. They're always usually 99% of the time kind of erring on the pro-choice side because, you know, it's powerful language. I mean, I personally think it's sort of one of the, <laughs> one of those issues that it's like just an amazing sort of bait and switch somehow that I don't know. It's like they've duped people to think, yeah, choice. And they don't really think about what the choice actually choice is, is, as yeah. you were just describing when you found out what it actually is. It's like. Oh my gosh, when you think about it, you're like, wow, that's that's not right. So, but my question is, since you took this role and since you've been outspoken on this issue, um, you know, we I read that you were warned potentially about taking this role about how you might get blacklisted. So, like what's been the response, you know, as far as opportunity for you um in the in the days following, you know, your starring in this unplanned movie? I've had a really incredible, positive experience from day one. I was warned, like you said, several different things, but I never believed them from the beginning. I mean, everyone was way more scared than I was. I think I went into it just knowing that God is in control because he is. Hmm. And his word says that he can open doors no man can close and he can shut doors that no man can open. And I really just lean into that scripture and I, I know that he's going to put me in the sphere of influence that he wants me to have. I've met some really incredible, high-profile people in the industry that are pro-life, people that they may not be speaking out about it, but they are. I've had a lot of people call me up that I would never expect to hear from and say, um, I'm really proud of you and your performance. I've had some really high-profile people who are pro-choice reach out to me and engage in conversation. So it's not been a bad thing for me, and I think it's because I approach it from a place of of honesty, of kindness, and I just treat everyone with the love and respect that I would want to receive and that I think that Jesus Christ calls us as Christians to act with. You know, you, you kind of uh, already started answering a question that I was going to follow up with on that, which was, has anyone reached out to you? Which you said, yes. So would we be shocked at some of the names that have reached out to you? Obviously, I'm not <laughs> calling for you to out them here because yeah. clearly they don't for whatever reason, haven't maybe outed themselves, but would we be shocked at some of these names or these household names we would know? Oh yeah. You guys <laughs> would be shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I'm still sometimes like, what? Who just called me? <laughs> um, yeah. Just know that I think that the media and sometimes even conservative media, liberal media, conservative media, all of it, they like to skew things sometimes. So it's mm. easy to say, Oh, Hollywood is so liberal. They're all pro-choice. That's not the case. They're not all pro-choice. I'm not the only one. There are a lot more of us. Maybe I am one of the more outspoken ones. But, you know, Alyssa Milano is one of the way more outspoken pro-choice people. Right. That's, that's just the way it happens. You know, a couple of people stick out here and there. But there are pro-lifers and Christians. And there's a ton of us out, out in Hollywood. Maybe we're just sleeper cells waiting for <laughs> Well, and I, it's good to hear that response, though, because I think you're right. I think on conservative media, we can tend to, everyone likes to have a boogeyman. And so, you know, I've, yeah. look, I, my career was, I've been in politics and talk radio, you know, for 20 years. And so I've been in the middle of that. And like, 
it's just very easy. It's low hanging fruit to press the rage button and throw the red meat out there. And, and, you know, you know, what's going to work. And, you know, I asked Beckett cook who has a book out and he's an author and he used to be in Hollywood and, and he was, I mean, he's a gay man who, you know, became a Christian and sort of turned from that lifestyle. Um, but he kept working in Hollywood and I asked him, I said, were you, you know, cause he was out there like, Jesus is real guys. Like, I mean like hardcore change, like from Uber, like living the gay lifestyle in Hollywood to guys being gay is a sin. So like, that's a major shift and it would be, you would think be like pretty offensive from their viewpoint, but he said everyone still treated him well there and he, he didn't like get shunned from jobs and things like that. So I think there may be a bit of a misconception, even though I think we know how it skews there politically. I think there might be a yeah. bit of a misconception on how it actually is behind the scenes. Would you agree with that assessment? I would, I would agree with that. Interesting. So I, you mentioned your, um, your, your faith there a little bit. I, I'm interested in hearing a little bit about your faith testimony. I mean, I've read some things about you. We've covered these stories. I haven't, I mean, I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere, but I just didn't come across it. But your, your faith story, like where did you grow up in a Christian home? Were you kind of always a Christian or did you have like some aha moment um, where you kind of just accepted it and realized like a Damascus Road type thing or what was your story? Uh, it was kind of a mix of all of the above. Uh, I was a holiday Christian. My parents went on Easter and, <laughs> and Christmas, you know, um, but the real thing that I think hooked me in is I had three really faithful, strong praying grandmas mm. and strong praying grandmas in the South are a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> and so they, they had kind of instilled this, this like God awareness in me and they had planted seeds that just hadn't taken root until I was much, much older. But they had done something in my life where they had planted these seeds and I just, I knew, I knew who God was. And even if I was choosing to rebel against what he wanted for my life. He was still there and I knew that. Sometimes it really made me mad. But then there were times where I was like crying out saying, okay, God, what, why am I here? Prove it. Tell me, why am I here? Mm -hmm. And then a couple of weeks after a major depressive episode, I had come back from, from New York City. Um, I had given up acting. There's a whole long story there, but um, I had quit acting because I was just failing in New York and I came home back to my hometown. I was living with one of my grandmas, trying to reconnect with my high school sweetheart. Um, and I ended up getting pregnant, had my own unplanned pregnancy. And uh, I'm going to tell you something that I hadn't told anyone else yet, which I just figured out a couple weeks ago. Mm. I experienced my unplanned pregnancy and I was going through my unplanned pregnancy at the same time that Abby Johnson was leaving Planned Parenthood. Really? Isn't that interesting? Wow. <laughs> so that was like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> There's some, some yeah. real interesting timing in that for sure. Yes, yes. What yes. Kind of, so, so what kind of emotions were you experiencing when you kind of had that realization? Oh, that was another like, <laughs> holy smokes God moment. But you know, when I had my son, that was when my faith was awakened, I feel like, because I looked at him and for the first time I understood relationship versus religion. You know, I had always thought that Christianity was a checklist and yeah. a set of rules, you know, that you have to do this, you have to do this, and this is how you can be a Christian. And I never understood that it was really about relationship where you have a conversation with God, where you, where you love God and you do things out of respect because of that relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ. And when I saw my son and I loved him so much, I just thought, wow, God must really love us so much more if I can love this tiny little person this much. 
And that was kind of the awakening uh, that deepened my faith. And then when I was talking about, you know, experiencing my unplanned pregnancy around the same time as Abby um, leaving, someone came up to me a couple weeks ago. And the way I figured it out is because they told me, they, this stranger said, um, God put it on my heart to share this with you. And I said, okay. She said, <laughs> she said, do you realize that the baby that Abby saw was 13 weeks old and it was in September? And gosh, I hope I'm getting these numbers right because I'm not looking at it right in front of me. It's the first time I shared it. And I said, okay. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, well, it's in her book. So you can cross check it with the book or whatever. Um, and she said, well, her baby would, that baby that she saw on the screen would have been born in March of 2010. And she said, your son was born in March of 2010. Mm. And I was like, okay. Wow. That is. What are the odds? I mean, (laughs) all the people being connected and all the timeline, I just thought it's just another God thing. It was just another reassurance and just another little beautiful part of the way that he wove this story together because I went through everything I went through and it was a part of everything she was going through at the same time. It was really crazy. So you were so you were going through a kind of an adverse time. So when you got pregnant was when you were in the midst of like career struggle and such. Is that right? Yes, because I had just quit. I I'd literally given up acting. I said, I can't do this. I was facing rejection, moved back home to live with my grandma and figure out my life. And um, my high school sweetheart and I, we had dated for years and years and years. And he had broken up with me. And I came back home and I was trying to reconnect with him. And we were kind of on again, off again. Neither one of us knew what we were going to do with our lives. And it was just that limbo situation. And then, bam, here we are about to have a baby. (laughs) Another question for us, you know, like if we were going to have our son or not. Gotcha. That's what I was going to ask because you said you hadn't really thought about that issue. So uh, up until the movie. So I didn't know if maybe that was something that had crossed your mind. Well, for me, I was always personally pro-life which is a term that I hate now, yeah. <laughs> um, which means, you know, I would never have an abortion. I would never encourage anyone else to have an abortion, but I thought anyone should have the opportunity to choose, which essentially means you're pro-choice. Like, yes. Get real people. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can say that because I was one, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was personally pro-life. So when I got pregnant, you know, I had those three praying grandmas and I knew that life was precious. And uh, to me, I knew that we were going to have a baby and that was it. So yeah, I, I, it wasn't until much later that I became the real pro-life. Like, I'm really pro-life now. I'm not personally pro-life. Yeah. No, I know. I've, I've had that same conversation before with somebody that thought they were pro-life. And I and they said, well, I'm pro-life except for in this case and this case and in that case. And I said, so you're pro-choice. And he was like, you know, I, I guess so. And I, he was like dumbfounded like that. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. I guess I am pro-choice if I'm for it in all of these different situations. So you, this adversity is, is interesting to me because I think when people see you now, they don't find out about you until you're successful and you've, you know, had this nice run uh, in starring roles and, and you, you know, getting new roles and all these other things. So um, what do you look back on now when you look back in that adversity and like what God taught you through all of that? I've been very transparent since people have wanted to engage more since I've done Unplanned because like you said, people have this idea, this grandiose idea that, oh, well, she's never struggled in her life. You know, she's probably been fed with a silver spoon. And for me, I can, I'm, I'm able to talk just transparently about my past because I am a new creation in Christ. I've made a lot of mistakes. I 
went through a lot of hardships. My parents were really young. They struggled. Um, it was not a perfect home. There were, there was domestic violence in my home. Um, alcoholism runs in my family. And these are all things that are healing over time, but I had to face that. And I just relate to a lot of people who want to break free from a situation that they think they'll never break free of. And I know that your circumstances do not define who you are or what God has planned for you, that you can always break break free through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I'm able to kind of speak from my experience of what it means to overcome and what it means to really zone in on what God wants for you and who your identity is in Christ. Um, I also struggle with bipolar disorder. Not a lot of people know that I have bipolar disorder type 2. So that's another thing that I've started speaking out about lately because, again, people are not defined by their disorder. We are defined by our identity in Christ. So I'm constantly reminding people and speaking truth and life into that and letting people know that, hey, yeah, I struggled with that. Like I had to have, I was in the pit, man. And I had to have people pray for me because I couldn't even pray for myself. I didn't even feel worthy enough to pray for myself that I would be heard. And other people jumped in and prayed for me because that's what God does. God will surround you with people and give you choices to get yourself out of the pit. And I, uh, I think because I'm honest and transparent about that, that people have a respect for what I have to say because I, I mean it. I mean it with all my heart. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just reading. I mean, I saw you on Twitter, I guess, a week or so ago um, mentioning the bipolar uh, you know, struggle that you've had. Um, and now here you are, like given the, given the movie role, you know, you're kind of thrust out into the forefront of this and you've decided to sort of be open about it. How, how has that been for you? Um, does it feel like a weight for you or does it feel more like you're able to, I mean, I don't want to say therapy, but like therapeutic, you know, to kind of talk about these things and get it out there because I know that's not easy for everybody. Yeah, I had started talking about mental health uh, before I had started Unplanned just because God had put it on my heart. Hey, you've been in the pit. Help pull other people out of the pit. And like I said, I am a new creation, so I don't look back on the things that I did and wallow in it. I look Mm. back on the things that I did and I go, wow, yeah, I was a really crappy person then, but God changed my life. Yeah. And so I can just talk about it with that kind of disconnect because I am a different person. It's just the truth. I did some really bad things I'm not proud of, but I, I don't, that's not who I am anymore. And when I was given the platform because of Unplanned, I think it just expanded the number of people that I could reach. And for me, it just felt like a way to help people. It, it never feels like a burden. It always feels like a way to help someone else not feel alone. I saw you and Lila Rose going back and forth uh, on this, on the issue of mental health and sort of, you know, bantying about the idea of a, of a podcast. Is there uh, any progress on that or is that still just an idea floating out in Twitter land? That has happened. Really? Yes. Yeah. Right after that, um, I, whoever it was that was following both of us said, hey, someone should, uh, Lila Rose should interview Ashley. Well, Lila was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> um, we, we've known each other for about a, over a year now. And she just called me up and said, hey, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a fantastic idea. They're editing it right now, and it should be out 
very soon. Oh, fantastic. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, at, speaking of Lila, I don't know if you saw the, the latest news that she was tweeting about yesterday, but uh, Facebook had sort of um, labeled them as spreading false news. But then when looking at the who the fact checker was, it was somebody that had a clear sort of bias against live action, had been yelling on Twitter, you know, uh, clearly anti-live action type things uh, very, mm -hmm. very vocally. And so Mark Zuckerberg actually, you know, according to Lila and, and Senator Hawley had, had uh, you know, who, who was talking to Zuckerberg, had, he had said, he admitted, he said, look, you know, we, we messed up here with this uh, fact check and it, there was clearly, you know, an activist sort of uh, motivation behind it. And he said, this is something we've struggled with a long time, meaning the, the, um, you know, the bias against against conservative and pro-life groups. So uh, I don't know if you saw that news, but if, if, if you didn't, what's your reaction? If you did, you know, either way, what's your reaction to that? If you so want to give one. <laughs> okay, I, w I was working yesterday, so I was not on social media. So Mark Zuckerberg made a statement saying that they had essentially had a flawed system and he was admitting to that. Uh, he was in D.C. and he, I guess he had met with, with, I think maybe the president, but definitely some senators. And one of the senators, Senator Hawley, had uh, you know talked to Lila Rose and relayed this information. So so I don't think Mark has come out and confirmed that, but this is according to the senator who met with him. Yeah, well, I think it's good for him first of all because you know I think as a general population we put our trust in big media, mm. and it's just like with newspapers and um, and and uh, watching anything on the news, we have this sense of trust where we're hoping that the news is surely going to tell us the truth, right? Well social media has become the source for the news and especially with Facebook and Twitter and Google that's where people go to find information so people like Mark Zuckerberg they have a huge responsibility and I hope that if this is true and he was noble enough to say hey we messed up that he realizes he's in a, situ a situation you know where he 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 has a duty I think to the public to not be biased because this platform is so huge and there's such a diversity of people using it that he recognizes the bias and that he deals with it. I think that's really commendable if that's what's happening. Cool. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about the scholarship some more. I mentioned it at the beginning, but um, how is the scholarship going? Tell people where they can go and support it. And, um, you know, because we, you know, again, this is initially how we wanted to connect to talk to you about this scholarship that you started because it's, you know, in light of the movie and everything else. So uh, I think it's really cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with it so far? Thank you. Yeah. Um, I had this idea a couple of months ago because I was receiving tons of messages, mostly on Instagram from girls who were experiencing their own unplanned pregnancies. And, you know, it's weird because when you play a role like this, sometimes people see you as that person. You know, mm. if, if you do a decent job, which hopefully I did, people think, well, she must be a person that I can talk to about this. And I've tried to make myself available God knows I'm not a counselor, but I, I care about people, you know. And so I listen to these stories and these girls who think they just can't, they can't go to school. The number one thing I was hearing was, I'm only 15 and I'm not going to be able to finish school. Or I'm a senior in college, I have a semester left, but now I'm going to have to drop out and I won't be able to get my, my bachelor's. And I'm just thinking, why? Why is this a thing? Why is this, like, this is not even a top, top concern, you know, like, and I, it just occurred to me that there was such a strong need 
in the sense that if this is a problem, it's an easy problem to solve. So I talked to some people that I knew from Heartbeat International. I reached out to them a couple of months ago. This was something that I just decided to do all on my own. Um, I pitched the idea to them. I went to the producers of the movie and I said, hey guys, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm asking if you'll give me permission to do this on my own and to use the movie um, to carry on this just tradition of giving back because I want the movie to have a legacy of giving. I wanted to do that so that it carries on. They said, oh, we love it. That's a great idea. Run with it. Take the ball. Go. And I was like, yes, okay. (laughs) Heartbeat loved it, and it just seemed like we were all on the same page. We just understood that this is definitely something that is a make-or-break decision for a young woman, and I Mm. hate that because it's like, no, no, you can go to school. You just need a little help. You can still achieve your dreams. If you want to be a doctor and you're, you find out that you're pregnant in your senior year of college, you can still finish. You just need a little bit of help with people around you, maybe financially to get you through. And that's what the scholarship does. Um, so first and foremost, it, we award $5,000 annually to a woman um, who goes through the ap- application process and is chosen. And additionally, it connects her with a pregnancy health center in her area. And that was why I chose Heartbeat International, because they have over 3,000 centers across the world. And it's a place where these women will get connected to resources in their own community. They're going to find women there who can mentor them and men who can step in and help them, um, you know, work with their spouses, their boyfriends, and learn how to parent together. They have parenting classes. They provide diapers, formula. And they really just are there, not only up to birth, but after birth for these women. I, I just, I love the idea of mentorship. I just think that anytime we have a mentor to walk alongside of us, mm. it makes life that much easier to get through, right? When someone's yeah. been through what we're going through and they'll walk alongside of us, it's such a blessing. And that's a huge part of what this scholarship is. It's not just giving people $5,000 and saying, okay, here you go. It's, it's connecting them with other people in an organization that will truly walk alongside of them and help them succeed. So I'm really happy and excited about it. You go to unplannedmoviescholarship.com. Um, the application process hasn't opened up yet. We're still in the early, early stages, but it should open up around January 2020 is the goal. And right now, we're just really encouraging people to give. I've had some really cool stories of people who are donating Uh This one woman sent in a a wonderful donation, and she said, I am, um, I think she's a CEO at a data financial services company, and she was a teen mom. She had her baby when she was 16, and when people hear her story, they say, what? How are you you like a CEO, and you're like a teen mom? And she just says, well, you know, it can be done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so... When she found out about the scholarship, she said, you know, she had prayed and she had served at different um, pregnancy centers. And this just felt like the one for her because she had been there and she had been looking for a way to help someone who had been where she was. And I love hearing those stories. We're getting stories like that every day of people who are just so touched by the scholarship because they went through it and now they're successful and they want to give back. And I just love that. I love when people who are successful just turn around and give back and give yeah. back. And it's my That's, favorite. <laughs> that is fantastic. We love what you're doing. I mean, it is, I mean, let's be honest. I think it's a lie from the pit that women are told that they'll be better off without this 
child that's growing in their womb for a number of reasons, but not the least of which is that they can, it's just, it's just not true that they can't do it, whether they have to give the baby up for adoption or whether they, you know, continue on through with help from, from friends and, and people, you know, mentors connected through places like your scholarship. It's just, it's just a wicked lie that, yeah. that it can't happen. I agree. Hey, I know where you got to go. I just want to ask a couple quick questions here. You can kind of do these rapid fire, but you had a background in like surfing and softball. How in the world did you end up in <laughs> acting? And how good were you at surfing and softball? Um, I am an all or nothing kind of girl. Okay, so I, went to, <laughs> I went to college on a softball scholarship. I was starting lead off shortstop. Okay. Um, okay. And then I left playing softball and started uh, surfing competitively. I think it was 2008. I was the Southern North Carolina uh, women's longboard and shortboard champion. I'm trying to do these rapid fire. <laughs> so I did really well in that. I now do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm still only a white belt with two stripes, but after three months of uh, practicing jiu-jitsu, I went and competed, and I took home a silver medal in my division. I told you, I'm all or nothing. Jeez, um, I mean, no kidding. <laughs> and then when I started acting... I went to the North Carolina State Fair. <laughs> why are you? Why, why do you have this? La- why are you laughing like that? Because it's just so silly. Um, <laughs> people are like, "How'd you get into acting?" I'm like, "I went to the North Carolina State Fair and I walked into an acting booth." <laughs> and I <laughs> they had an acting booth there. What? They I, had this a is... booth. They had a booth at the fair, and it said, "Do you want to be an actor?" Like literally <laughs> on the booth, it said, "Do you want to be an actor?" <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." That's exactly what I said. And what, what did it make you do when you get inside the booth? Uh, you had to audition for a commercial. And I auditioned for this little local commercial and found out a couple of days later that I booked it. No way. So you're like, this wasn't even a, this wasn't even a thought in your mind. You just went to, has this story been out there? You've had to have told this story before and I just didn't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking now, so I talk about it when I do events, but it's not like out on the world. (laughs) Oh my goodness. um, That's fantastic. Drama club in high school. And I I took, I had taken like an acting class my senior year of college just because I needed an extra elective. You weren't totally a newbie. It was like something you'd not ever even thought about before you'd at least done something i mean i never thought like i'd be moving to new york city and really (laughs) doing it (laughs) that is Uh, yeah that is something else um uh, the jujitsu by the way have you had a chance to sort of you know use it in real life and get any like real life bad guys like snatching purses or something of that effect in real life yeah like i mean no thank god (laughs) yeah i mean I don't know. I mean, see, I'm like the biggest wimp in the world. So like, you know, if if I had those skills, I'd be constantly on the prowl to use them. Well, it's funny you say that because I I always am. I'm like, okay, if this person moves this way, I know what I'm going to do. I do kind of calculate that, especially being in crowds now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I did start practicing jujitsu for self-defense, but then it just became an amazing mindful hobby that I just I love. Um, but more than anything to, I mean, I can't, it does have practical application and that's why I did it, but I really, 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 really want to be in a Marvel or a Star Wars I movie. saw your tweet. Uh, I saw your tweet about the Marvel, uh, which, which character's coming out? Oh gosh, they, She-Hulk. She- <laughs> I am such a fan. Okay. She-Hulk is a very funny, witty character 
And she's kind of a small attorney who then is in total control of when she becomes She-Hulk and whatnot. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, I think, think we need to start. That role. I think you would too. And I think we need to start a Draft Ashley campaign uh, yes, to direct at Marvel. And we should hashtag that all up. Uh, you know, I'll tweet you later and we can we can see if we can get some <laughs> momentum going behind this thing is we need to make it happen. Yes. We need to make yes. it happen. All right. Well, Ashley, hey, thanks so much for spending some time. I know you're busy. I know you're traveling around and uh, I do appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us here. And, um, you know, God bless you and all you're doing and, you know, the scholarship, your career, everything else, your family. Um, you know, thank you for your voice and thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.